minute, Chef. Got no use for no dirty postcards, Vic. Get off my back, huh? I just want to talk to you. Call me up. You know my number. Come on, now, I'll buy you a cup of coffee, huh? You gonna sit in the park a minute? Hell no. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Tricliss Podcast Show. I'm Darren Jenkins. And I'm Chris Saunders. And joining us today on the show, uh, awesome, awesome individual and an even better creator, actor, director, writer, Keith Powell. Thanks for being on the show, Keith. Thank you so much for having me. I, I always enjoy these discussions. Yeah, we saw the last time we saw Keith, he... He was um, discussing American Psycho with us, um, which was I hadn't seen in a while. You know what's funny is actually since that, since we did that, I've actually seen that movie twice more. I don't know why. I I, I don't know why. Don't even ask me why. Um, But today we're doing a show that is near and dear to the hearts of many um, African Americans. Um, Shaft, the 1971 film starring um, Richard Roundtree, directed by Gordon Parks. Um, you, you didn't say it right, though. What? It's Shaft. You got to say it oh, right. Good though. gravy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, and Moses Gunn. I mean, Moses uh-huh. Gunn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a few good, really good faces to see. I hadn't seen in a long time. I was like, wow, this throws me back. There's some hidden um, gems. Like they, they got Drew Bundini in here who was like yeah. Muhammad, one of Muhammad Ali's co- coaches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and Antonio Fargus who mm. plays Huggy Bear and Starsky and Hutch. I mean, this is, this is, it's a, this is a good movie to have re- revisited. Um, real quick, um, the uh, synopsis for this, uh, a crime lord hires Black private eye John Shaft to find and retrieve his kidnapped daughter. Um, the budget for this was five hundred thousand. The box office of twelve million, which is a lot. I mean, that's a lot for now, for mm-hmm. <laughs> to be honest. So, um, well, just just the five hundred from half a million to twelve million is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Well, it just shows you how how important Shaft is in. Black culture, like is like there's there were so many things in this movie as I'm watching, I'm like, oh that's where that came from, oh that's where yeah. that came from, oh yeah. that's where that came from. It, it permeates, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, I and I I feel like um, it was like the first time that a, a black person in film carried the movie and hmm. was not. Uh, defined by white people, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, 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 like he was—he serviced. The, he was a strong, masculine, um, dynamic man who stood on his own, rather than yeah. you know, like the movies of the '60s, where you know Sidney Poitier was pretty much the only black male leading mm-hmm. actor. He always had to do it with a white man. He always had to be a leading person with a white man. And this is the first movie where a black man could be a leading man without uh, without being in the shadow of a white person. Yeah. yeah. 
and he's the first this is like the first film franchise to star um a black actor mm-hmm. the first franchise which also went into some tv a tv show so i mean there's a lot of history here as well um isaac hayes is the first african-american to win the academy award for best song yeah um, which was also they tried to keep him out of it because he didn't write his music down whatever that fucking means um so yeah a lot i mean just, just like like darren also said like it just a lot of stuff and themes from this film like permeate films that followed after yeah um not just black film but like all other kinds of films like mystery crime thriller kind of films um so yeah it's it's that, that's why so as we lead up to our 100th episode for the track list that's why this movie is here. It's 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 yeah. it, it's a mainstay in American and world film to me. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, not to be said, it was a big movie for leather jackets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sorry, but I rem- I remember, like after after Shaft came out, you could not walk down the street without a brother wearing. Like a one of those long black tr- leather trench coats, or the black, yeah, the black, um, the black, the, the iconic black suit, um, leather ja- um, jacket and pants that he had on in the final scenes. I mean, I mean, it, it, there's there's so much to like if from like um if I were a black historian, this would be gold for me to watch this yeah. movie. To be honest, well, you know, and, and it was it was. You know, it, I, I feel like it influenced so much that came afterwards. I, you know, I know that black exploitation films weren't um, weren't invented by Shaft. That right. there were black exploitation films before Shaft, and I know that like Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song was was made before Shaft, right? But I feel like this because it was so profitable opened the door for black exploitation films as a viable genre genre. Right. I think the there's two, there's another film that's kind of brought to kind of reminded me of, and it's weird why Enter the Dragon. And the reason why is because I think like Enter the Dragon, this really started to open the market for a, a, a I think Holly this was kind of like a marker of where Hollywood started to change again. Again. Yeah. And yeah. um, really yeah. turn things like you know we were starting to be seen more as um, block. You could see us in blockbusters versus yeah, you know these one-off you know movies that we would only see in black neighborhood theaters. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, you know, it's. I feel like that there's a. You know, to today's modern conversation is representation matters, right? You know, and here's here's a situation where people finally got to see themselves as heroes, but as like cool ass heroes, like heroes mm-hmm. in their yeah. own regard. You know, yep. um, yeah, not not sidekicks or comedians because you had, you had Richard right. Pryor, right? You had Richard Pryor, who was big, but right. you know, as this kind of goofy representation you know I mean, yeah. he's a great great comedian i love his movies but like right you don't have this strong character that you're talking about last brother man and <laughs> like people could see like people could just like see themselves in him 
um, yeah. or, or want to become him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, and and they, and they start they started really strong doing that, right? Like like literally yeah. in the beginning of the front for the movie, they started off him coming out of that subway station and literally oh, walking down the street, yeah, through Sorry. traffic, mm-hmm. doesn't care. He's yeah. just he's just doing his thing. Yeah, man. And I I, I have to say, <laughs> sorry, no. No, I was gonna say I have to say um, I did have a moment where I was like, oh man, Shaft's a dick. Like he's just walking through traffic, <laughs> he's blocking them up, and he's yelling at people. I, but yeah, I try to hold back. <laughs> I was like, he's also he's also very New York. <laughs> well, yeah, I was gonna say, did New Yorkers get that from him? <laughs> when did um, uh, Midnight Cowboy come? Out? Because oh, I think like that was a response to Midnight Cowboy, right? But maybe that's a good one. Um, um, sixty-nine. Yeah, yeah. So and so, this movie would have been made in nineteen seventy and released in seventy-one. So yeah. I think that like Midnight, I I think the Shaft walking through the streets. Is a, is a direct response to Midnight Cowboy, um, and I'm oh, walking, that's a good yeah, one. you know, like Razzo Rizzo <laughs> yeah. walking the streets, and I and I think like to open your movie with a black man um, doing it his way and not <laughs> being Razzo Rizzo, and then and it and then when a you know when a car almost like cuts him off, and instead of saying I'm walking here. He gives him the middle finger and says, fuck you, man. I think that that is what, like, that's what black people would do. <laughs> like, that, like, that's what that statement is. You know what I mean? Like, I'm walking here. Well, that's some bullshit. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. I, I mean, I was also watching this, like, I'm a little too biased because I'm born and raised in New York. So I'm just walking, watching him walk through New York City. And I'm like, yeah. I, mean, I love seeing, like, these old, all this old footage of the city. You know, we're in 2024 now. And this is from 50 plus years ago. So, uh, you know, I, I have an, a, a little um, affection for this film because of that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, and it, it got some great, I mean, because it, it all, they like, they shot up in Harlem. I mean, there's one sequence where it's very clear that it was like one set that they just kept changing things up on. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but, um, but like when he goes up to Harlem and they do the low angle shot looking up just so that mm-hmm. they don't have yeah. to figure out extras. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I know this filmmaking trick. Uh, and, um, um, I thought that was the hero shot. Sorry. Right, right. I mean, you know, I mean, yes, we'll go, we'll go with that. Necessity is the invention. But, uh, but, um, um, but like I got to see, the New York City that, you know, I, my family lives in Harlem. Uh, so I got to see my Harlem, mm-hmm. like, you know, family, like like where, where I lived in Harlem, mm-hmm. you know, in a way that was um, fun. It was like, it was, it was just fun to see New York in this way. And it was so, like, it felt so new and re- revolutionary. Like, it felt... Like we were just getting out of the '60s, and it's in the '70s. It, like, there's this endless possibility for the future for black folk. Yeah. Um, well, so the- so I, 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 I actually have another. I have a question for for both of you, uh-huh. which is as far as 
seeing New York in film, there's like this film, I feel like we got a great tour of the city. Um, but do you think this or The Warriors is a better Ooh. film for that <laughs> that journey through the city? It's true. I mean, I think The Warriors. But <laughs> it's been a long time since I've seen it. <laughs> I'm not, I don't feel um, I don't feel confident in saying that, but the Warriors is like that's the whole point of the movie is is they're yeah you know what yeah. I mean um, yeah they're, they're 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 trying to get from point A to, they're trying to get home to to yeah Coney, uh, Coney Island so I mean that's far yeah. out in the city and I guess they go through a bunch of different neighborhoods uh, but do they you know do they cross do they go through Harlem I remember maybe they do. Uh, uh, they definitely like go through Queens, I think. But they 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 go through Queens. They go through the Bronx. They go through Brooklyn. Um, oh, no, so they they, they, get, they cross all the boroughs, huh? They were Myth. down in Lower East. Lower East. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. Does that answer the question? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, but I, but I, I but I enjoyed where they did go in Shaft. I enjoyed just like they 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 took some time when he in the opening scene, and then like when he starts his search for Ben, they really yeah. take their time like going like he, across, like crossing crossing streets and building. Yeah, yeah. I well, mean, that it, so, shop that he's in shot in front of the Apollo. That he, oh the, yeah, uh, that they have been, and I mean it. You know, um, but also like Lower East Side and like like our you know the Village. And, uh, places like where Shaft's apartment is, um, mm -hmm. it was like right around the corner where I lived when I went to NYU. You know, okay. and oh. um, so I really got a good sense of New York City. Um, mm. Ooh, there. I, I, I have a. I'm still skeptical that Shaft would live in an apartment like that. Yeah, I'm say, say, say about that. Like, that, that, was, that was that was my <laughs> that was my so hold up moment because. <laughs> Because previous to that, previous to that, he says, I have two problems. I'm black. I was born black and I was born poor. I'm like, yo, well, don't look like you poor, my butt. Yo. Right. So, like, <laughs> white woman, he's like, well, wait a second, baby. I got to go upstairs and take a shower. Like, upstairs? <laughs> upstairs? <laughs> is, is, is Jeeves up there making your bed for you? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was just sitting there like, what? Y'all want to see my apartment right now? There ain't no upstairs. Upstairs. <laughs> um, also, wait, there was also these, this scene in like Grace Papaya, right? Like there was Grace Papaya, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you, got, you, got some, you got some New York City landmarks in there. Cafe Reggio. I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, sp I spent a good amount of time in there. Uh, no, I, I found the movie. I found the movie. I, I, like it, it made me miss New York, and and now I'm not, I'm not a New Yorker anymore. And so you guys can tell me. But you're gonna um, come back, right? Now that you miss New Yorker, you're moving back. Well, this is what I'm gonna say. <laughs> uh, so you can tell me, you can tell me honestly uh, what you think about it. I've been removed from New York for 12, 12 to thirteen years now, mm. and um, and. The way that I always say it, because every time I go, like, go back to New York to work or something like that, I I always say I miss the New York that I grew up in or or that I you know lived in, um, but that New York doesn't exist anymore. No, and it so, does not. Like going back to New York feels like I'm going to a 
different city. Like it doesn't feel like the New York City that I in, that I lived in in the '90s and and early 2000s. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's yeah. Obviously, it just happens with time, but like the pandemic kind of expedited yeah. a lot yeah, of this change. Lot. Yeah. But you know, you you change as well. You get older, right? It's not just it's not just the city and. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm born and raised here myself, and I never want to leave. It might right. not be the same, but it's still it's New York, baby. Come on, yeah. yeah. The people don't change, the, but the landscape changes. But the people, yeah, eh, they're pretty yeah. much around the same. Yeah, I, they're still <laughs> walking down the street, giving each other fingers up, and the whole bit. You know, so. Oh yeah, yeah, that happens. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, by the way, so we usually mentioned like the, the kind of ratings that these films get. And let me, I want to know your thoughts on this. Um, IMDb gives us, well, whoever voted IMDb gives us 6.6 out of 10. The critics, critics on Rotten Tomatoes gives it 88%, while the audience on Rotten Tomatoes gives it 68%, which is a, a pretty big gap. What's doing that? <laughs> you know, that's always a question. I usually have a bigger problem with IMDb. IMDb <laughs> always is just lower for some reason. Um, it's just fucked up. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, but I also I, think, yeah. You know, so so when when you asked me to to watch Shaft, you know, I had not seen Shaft in like a decade, you know, mm -hmm. or you know, maybe a little. I mean, I'd seen Shaft more than once, but I hadn't seen it in in quite a minute. Um, uh, when you when, you know, in preparation for this podcast, and so I rewatched it last week. And I was impressed by how well it held up. Like I don't yeah. age badly in any way whatsoever. And I actually yeah. think that it 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 was pretty innovative in terms of filmmaking. Yeah. Um, you know, because I now now at being a director who works pretty regularly as a director, I'm I watched it through the lens of how I would shoot it, and it was pretty mm. well shot especially when you had no money um yeah uh and i i think it held up and i think that it uh, what i also liked about the movie is that it was smart and that it didn't it didn't try to um it didn't try to talk down to its audience like it, it expected mm. its audience to be as smart as shaft and mm. and i really i i, I was I was impressed by how smart it was, uh, how it wasn't pandering, and and just the sheer filmmaking of it. Um, and by the way, and Moses Gunn, who is acting yeah. circles around everybody and every scene that yes. he's in. That yes, man yes, circles yes. around people. He's he's a, he is a genius that I feel like has been underrated. He is, he was a classical actor. In New York, you know, he played Othello and all that stuff, and and I think that um, he was that he he did like ma his scenes were like masterclass in acting because and, and you know and you could tell like I thought that Richard Roundtree was an incredible presence in the film and was good, but every time he shared a scene with Moses Gunn, you could see how inexperienced Richard Roundtree was. <laughs> yeah. He exposed that. And then when, mm -hmm. you, when, when Richard Roundtree was like by himself or with other actors, um, 
uh, you know, like you forget that this was like his first big movie. But when he was like Moses got act like just did a fucking dance around people. And I, yeah, it was, it, it was compelling to watch. It was compelling acting. Compelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He I, made I, a, I, I felt, he was, I felt my eyes drawn to him. Yeah. He was smoking a cigar when he was yeah. talking. I was just like, there was something like almost, I don't even know how to explain it. Like there are certain characters, like when Darth Vader's comes on, comes on the screen and there's this energy of presence that he draws you to him and you're like, wow. I mean, there's something great is about to happen. And he did the same thing with, in the scene where they're talking about like they, they, uh, him and Ben get, go to see uh, Bumpy and Bumpy is, they're like, they're amazed at how he put them two together. And, It was almost like he was like this uh, concert orchestrator. Yeah. Who, where he's kind of like. Situation. And he, wait, he says something and, like, he says something like, I conned you, but I didn't lie to you or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I go, that is a really smart distinction. And he <laughs> played them both like a fiddle. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Like, and he played it very well. I mean, was just. Well, I, I mean, I don't. I, I, not just him, though. I, I mean, I even even you, know, you mentioned Ben, who's played by Christopher St. John. I actually loved his performance in this film. I love uh, Char- Charles Kiofi, who plays uh, Lieutenant Androsi. Yeah. I thought this the cast. I, like you mentioned the budget. Like, I don't know how like they made this film with all these like very good actors. And like you know, as you said, like the cinematography, yeah, for five, the cinematography is good. The writing's smart. You know how they yeah. did that with such a low budget. I mean, you know, like well, it was also it was also clear that they were stealing that they stole shots of me, like that there were yeah. that that there were people who did not know that they were going to be on camera that day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, they were in a oh, class. Yeah. At, at least they didn't notice, and they weren't like, "Hey, ma," you know, that, that's, right. It worked out. Um, or maybe I, there was some B-reel with that. But again, and again, like, I, I feel like that there was one, this, there was one sequence, where I think, when he was first looking for um, Ben, um, um, where he goes to, like, knock on doors around this, around town, but it looked exactly like, like the same hallway. <laughs> just be, just be yeah. perfect. over again. <laughs> they, 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 there's a lot of similar looking buildings in New York. They maybe they went. I don't... <laughs> it's clear that like that the filmmaker was just like shoot it at a different angle. No one will know. <laughs> right. right. Light, lights, <laughs> lighting. Let me get a little more lighting this time. Yeah. Exactly. Um, uh, um. But but yeah, like like but at the end of the day, you know, the the just as a filmmaker myself, and and I used to. My wife has put a stop to it, but I used to um, make a short film that I would finance myself uh, once a year for the past 10, 11 years. And um, I mean, you know, like I put film, I put short films together that cost $50,000 and I put short films together that cost a thousand dollars. And, and what I've, what I've learned is just, you know, it's about figuring out what where your resources are and 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 how to be artistically crafty 
around the thing. And like you, you can have a piece of shit for $50,000, a short film for $50,000 and you can have a masterpiece at $1,000 and then obviously vice versa. It's just, you got to know what you're doing. And, and I think that, that they were wise in, in the collection of scenes. Cause that's, that's what filmmaking is, right? You're just collecting little bits and then stringing them together. And I think that they were wise yeah. in their collection of little bits. Yeah. 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 I mean, my, 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 I think my favorite scene in the film is just our introduction to Bumpy and yeah. uh, Shaft yeah. is calling him. You just see the back of a brown leather chair. There's yeah. smoke just rising from behind the chair. Yeah. And then he turns around and I'm just like, Ooh, like that was great for me. It was like, awesome. it was like, it was like, a, I'm going to make this comparison in general. I mean, yeah. Yeah. No, but like in his first line is wrong number. It's all yeah. like <laughs> at, like at the outset, I'm like, who is this man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I'll definitely make an, uh, uh, throughout this, this film in general, just like comparisons to like James Bond, right? Like he's that, like, he feels like that big villain. Yeah. He's petting the cat in his chair. Um, Shaft can, you can have the same very like comparisons with Shaft and Bond. Like he's a woman's man. Like, everyone mm -hmm. wants to, all the guys want to be like him. Like he's deadly, yeah. you know, he's a detective, right? Like there's so many parallels. I was like, almost like that Darren, should we just release this with our yeah. regular podcast? I was thinking and, the, and, and the same the thing podcast. as I'm watching it. I was like, this is a Bond film. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's kind of a Bond film though. I think that mm -hmm. like we did like they they did a, a wonderful job of of comparing Shaft to James Bond and uh, uh, like yeah. and going like this is what black people have it fulfilled a need right mm -hmm. black people were used to seeing James Bond and they weren't used to seeing their skin color doing the mm -hmm. shit that James Bond did and and so so all it was it was like like the movie Get Out like um where it, it was a need that movie fulfilled a need that the culture was begging for, but didn't know it was begging for it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and I, and this film fulfilled that same kind of, we didn't know we were looking for Shaft or we were looking for a black James Bond until we saw it. Yeah. Um, and, and you, you can tell like throughout the movie, they make very, they make it very clear that he, he's not he's not he will not it doesn't matter how bad things get the police are not your friend right um right it's all about the us doesn't matter whether the good or right. bad it's about skin color and us being together on what whatever happens right and right you know I thought that was very powerful message to send throughout well, the movie. That that well, that was in, like well, you know, I said my favorite scene was when he turns around the chair, but I, I'm going to rain egg on that, which is because <laughs> what emphasizes what you just said was like I have a new segment I'm calling "Holy Shit," because there's a scene where uh, Shaft and Ben are together. They hide in that old lady's old woman's house to escape mm -hmm. the hit, and. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, Ben picks up some some uh, scissors and like tries to attack Shaft, and the woman just goes like, "Like stop, do it." She's like, "Young man, young man, please don't do yeah. that." She says it so calmly, and it's like for me yes. that message was more. It was more than just this scene in this film. It was like yeah. 
a, a, was the a message general a general message of it's us together like don't don't hurt each other right we got enough other people hurting us we don't need to hurt each other right and, yes. and just in those like five words she said i was just like like i paused the film i was like i had to think about that shit for a second uh, it was so powerful it was really powerful because and i didn't know what was like i i, I actually I remember watching it and going, what's like the pace of the film has slowed down and it's gotten yeah. really weird. And there's like a lingering shot on the window and the, the you yeah. know, and the, the air coming out from the window. And I was like, why are they holding on that shot? But what I, what I, you know, like once the scene played out, I realized that there was, that there was a reconfiguring, um, there was a breath that was happening, mm -hmm. where the movie was telling you, where the movie was telling you something, that up until then you were, it was plot, 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 and rape, run, 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 and people are killing me, and blah, 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 blah. And then there's a message in that, which is, um, well, well, I, I guess the message can be interpreted in many different ways, but. But for me, there was a message in it where, where there's in the middle of all of this, we, there's, a, there's a, a moment that we need to slow down and we need to uh, configure what's, what our next step as a people is. And so, you know, if you remember in that scene, it's this lingering shot and it's a very long breath as they're waiting for, you know, people to leave. And then they come out and then they start showing Ben looking at the scissors. And I don't know, there's something so powerful in that scene that that tells you something about society and the world and us and how we view ourselves and how we need Granny to go, don't, don't you do it. Don't you do it. It was like the, we all sage. grew up in a neighborhood like that, right? Where yeah. there's one sage, older person who kind of, yeah, delivers important life lessons and moments to kind of. But know. no other, but, and that's the thing. Like no other film would have would have bothered with that scene, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm, I think and, that's what makes that movie art, right? Yeah, rather than just this great action movie. And you also, it also echoes later, a little later on when Ben, again, it's Ben, I feel like he's the protagonist of like this anger in the film. Um, and he's at, he's with um, Shaft and Dina at Dina's place. Mm -hmm. And he says something like, oh, I'll say whatever the fuck I want. And she's like, no, you won't. Not in this house. But like, again, I very calmly. I felt like the black, the, the black women in this film were like that force oh. for like calming, right? And direction, right? That's um, right. So I love I love the way they used yeah and how support. it was used in this film. Yeah. 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 And I also think it's funny that he just randomly fucks a white woman. He he doesn't discriminate. It's, it's, it's a good message. It's another good message. <laughs> well, you know, uh, Isaac Hayes in, in his in his song, the one the one of the first lyrics is, "Who's the private dick that's a sex machine to all the chicks?" Shaft. <laughs> so he's he didn't say up. black women. He said mm -hmm. chick. So oh, this is 
the, the greatest <laughs> opening line to a song in music history. <laughs> Although I, 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 I don't think I don't think I needed to see Richard Roundtree's butt in this film, though. No. I oh, think I that's not. called black. I think that's called black exploitation. Right. <laughs> did not. Oh no, I did not need to see that. No, yeah. no. That's that whole sequence. I was like. They're reaching here. I mean, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, 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 did a, they did a close up. They did a close up with the nails digging into his back. We know what happened there. It was. It was like in a rhythm that was weird. Like it was a weird rhythm. <laughs> she just kept doing this. I was like, I don't know. Like, is like, what are you trying to say? Like, uh, they were just providing something for everyone to see this movie. You know, so. I mean, I bet you that really. I bet you that sequence increased box office. Oh, <laughs> especially among women. Well, you, you can't have that, that. That you can't. You can't have that first first lyric in the song and not have scenes like this in the movie. It's you know. I just wish you, I could have been advertising. In, the, in the audience at the Grammys as they played this song because <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe they skipped to a later part of the song. You know, a room oh, full of Caucasians. There's a song that won a Grammy that is like, uh, that they're in the middle of it is la di da di da, shlava mi nab. And I was like, that is grand <laughs> Grammy winning lyrics right there. Oh, goodness gracious. Maybe in the context, bar has been raised. May, so. Maybe in context, it, it's, it's, it's Grammy winning. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if there is a context for that. Pulitzer Prize um, winner um, Kendrick Lamar came up with "La di da di da, Slav on me knob. But but I I I I, I, th I think you're going to get us a, a bunch more streams by repeating that. Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> Darren. Darren, when, when, when you release when you release the promos for this, make sure that's that what you be, Yeah, that will be in the uh, metadata. <laughs> <laughs> but then there's um, like Isaac Hayes, uh, R.I.P. Right, he's dead, right? Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Who then, somewhere after this, became a Scientologist. So I don't know. Maybe Shaft did something to him. Wow. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I don't think I, I don't think I knew that one. I didn't think I knew that. I didn't know that either. But I'll just he was a he was a big Scientologist and. He, uh, you know, because he was the voice on um, South Park for a very right. long time. Mm -hmm. Played chef. 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 Wait, the show. Um, <laughs> when South Park made fun of Scientology. Oh, really? On protest. Wow. Sci Scientologists don't have a sense of humor. I was wondering clearly. why. What, like... Especially when they when you talk about Scientology. Um, oh. Well, I, I love Scientology. So right. don't turn off this episode. I had uh, <laughs> uh, someone I know. Um, I won't say who. Someone hmm. I know was fired from a project because they merely mentioned that there was a big Scientology base in Clearwater, Florida. And the director of the project was a Scientologist and was like, I don't like your implication. What are you implying? Um, and they were fired from a project. And um, and I go that like that's one of those I've worked with Scientologists before, and it's like just don't talk, just don't talk about it, just don't talk about it. Just yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, no, it's I like get the Illuminati. That. Can't talk about them either. All right. Don't talk <laughs> about it. Uh, but, That's a different but, uh, movie. <laughs> well, actually, talking about speaking of different movies, I I've, I found a Screen Rant article that mentions that mentions a Tarantino film huh. that has a character named Broomhilda von Shaft, and when they interviewed him, he said he intended it to be the bloodline of Shaft. Oh, kidding! Really? Uh, so it's not official; it's not canon to to the Shaft movies, but uh, okay. just want to throw that out there. Um, you know, <laughs> good Tarantino, man. <laughs> Just, I know the movie too. I know what movie that this is, and it's an, he won an Oscar for it too. I okay, uh, he did. I, you know, only he can. My, the only thing I'll say about that is only he can get away with it. Yeah. yeah, that's a, that's yeah. pretty much all you can say. Yeah, <laughs> only he can get away with it. Listen, man, I um, enjoy I enjoy a Tarantino movie just like the rest. Of the world. He needs to, he needs yeah to, he needs to slow mm-hmm. just slow. yeah or 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 s- slow down or s- stop. Oh, uh, just, anyway, um, <laughs> that he used to like you... um on film sets you had. You have craft services, which is basically the snack table. Mm-hmm. There, there have been rumors from people who, I, I know somebody who worked on one of his movies where the snack table had little baggies of cocaine there back during a time. I mean, I don't know. He, I'm sure Sounds he, like Pulp Fiction. Time, there were little baggies of cocaine uh, uh, at the snack table. The production budget. That's what I'm like. Who worked? How do you? I don't. Uh, Kilo. Yeah. I mean, I think Darren. Oh, it was Blues Brothers we were talking about, yeah. where there was a budget for Jim uh, John Belushi's John Belushi's Coke. I mean, so it's not the not the hey, first time it's been done. I mean, the, the movie industry uh, caters to stars in ways that blows your mind. Just blows your mind. Yeah. Even still, today, even. Mm-hmm. Even the TV industry, even even now, it depends on how much yeah. work you bring into a project. I've heard the whispers of like the writers that get created for people for their green rooms and shit. That yep. I, I must well, have green. The green M Ms. Well, the green M and M's thing is, is actually a real thing. Mariah Carey, oh. by and um, I believe it was. But but there's a reason there. I actually I get the agreement M and M thing. There's actually a reason. Me for too. It. Um, and it's and the reason is because I believe it was Aerosmith, or that's the way it was always told to me. They were on tour for so many and played so many venues, and they were realizing that they weren't that they weren't they were just being thrown at something and not like getting things that w- were asked for in their contract. So they started making weird demands so that they knew when they walked into the room if the person read the contract or not. So Uh, Green M&M was if they walk into a room and uh, they walk into their trailer or backstage or wherever and they don't see a bowl of Green M&Ms, they know that that venue did not read a contract 
and that they weren't going to come back to that venue. So uh, it was mm, test. It kind of makes sense, actually. Yeah. 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 Um, it's definitely a test to make sure. Like, if, 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 if they've missed that detail, they've probably they missed other details and, and you know, a, a number of other things. And it's not and, just a, a, it's not just being a diva. It's like, this is a safety issue too. If you have like lighting correct. and like, and fire, correct. fireworks and everything like that, you don't yeah. want to die. <laughs> yeah. Right. But that's, yes. but that's the thing in that. And, and, um, you know, like being a freelancer that you're always with people who want to cut corners at every level at, you know, like we, we've heard about color purple, um, and where they were trying to cut money to cut things out of the budget. And so you always want to protect yourself. Um, and that's why you ask for weird shit. Um, I totally Makes get sense. it. People have, people like use it for ego and like it gets out of hand, but I do understand the origin of mm. green M&Ms, for instance. Yeah. So, um, anyway, Shaft. So from, yeah, from Shaft to green M&Ms. Uh, <laughs> so, I don't know. There's like I was just thinking about being like uh, in the theaters in 1971 and like watching this film, and sp particularly when Shaft is like scaling down the side of the wall, throws this like pipe bomb into the window, and like jumps in the room and like shoots the bad guy and saves the girl. I could just imagine everyone in the theater just like oh, erupting yeah. <laughs> at that oh, moment. Yeah. yeah. Also, the movie ends in a like particularly Very abruptly. right, completely abruptly. Yeah, I mean, like it just it, and it just ends. Like, but they, do, do you they, mind that though? I actually, I actually thought it was fucking revolutionary. I thought it was really yeah. cool. Like, yeah, broke, like, and then and then how quickly they throw her in the taxi to send her uptown. Mm -hmm. and yeah. he goes the thing, and and he's he just, just makes like, his phone call. He makes the phone call. <laughs> got got your case closed. Well, can you close it for me? Close it yourself, shitty. And he hangs up the yeah. phone and starts laughing. Yeah. With 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 all of the films we see, these like action films particularly, that have these long, drawn out chase and fight scenes, like that was actually very refreshing for them. Yeah. Like, we had a plan, they executed the damn plan, and yeah. it's over. It's done, right? Like he's competent. <laughs> what was funny is I got to about ten minutes left in the film, or five, five maybe five minutes left in the film, and I'm so used to seeing the films today where the credits are about another 20 minutes long and yep. you got these extra scenes and uh, stuff that you don't need. And I was just yep. like, how, how are they going to end this? It's going to five minutes left with it. And it just ends. And you're like, Oh, it's, okay. That's cool. I, I like that. want to make a movie just to have swift ending like that. Like, I, I think I it's brilliant. It's it, it, um, I found it energizing. Like I, like I think you're right. Yeah. Like people cheered, and then they were they were just basically cheering out of the theater. Like, yep. But also, but also, like you know, this was part of a series of films. Like, I, yeah, yeah. Where is he walking to after this? What's next? What's his next like mission? What's right. his, you know case? And right. I was like, yeah, I want to see that now, right? As opposed to I'm exhausted from the last ten to twenty minutes of this film because it was drawn out, right? So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, well, did you guys have any favorites? I know I mentioned a couple of my favorite scenes. Did you have any favorite scenes? Uh, I liked when um, what I what I thought was really lovely, especially for the time, and especially for the black community, was was 
when he was in the bar and he he was on good terms with the gay guy you know what yeah. I mean? like there wasn't there was there was no there was no homophobia in in his interaction with it um and it, there was actually something very friendly about it and i mean he and he used the gay guy to pick up the the <laughs> the, the white chick and yeah um and well, then the fact that there I, was a, a gay person in there wasn't right, it supposed exactly. to be one of the first times that's happened on yeah uh, so um, i i thought that that was just so ahead of its time and so um showed the type of person that shaft was that it wasn't uh um that i that i actually like i feel like it humanized him mo even more in a way that was really lovely and then like like picking up the chick and then um and then like like casing the 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 mobsters and then turning the gun on them and he's like my name is shaft and he pulls out the gun <laughs> and uh and the, like they they don't have time to pull out their guns because the cops are coming in and like i thought it was just such a fun uh scene i thought it was a fun scene yeah yeah that movie this movie to me is everything we say sometimes about some of the movies now needs which is brevity straight yeah. direction um efficiency of of scene yeah. and of um, of of writing this because they didn't have a lot of money they had to be pretty efficient with what they were doing yeah but it did it in a way that didn't make you feel like something was missing yeah you know? and yeah. i that that was one of my favorite scenes as well yeah. um yeah, it, there, there was there was efficiency in it. There was efficiency in it. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. I thought that I also like the, the this the scene with the um the uh, with Bumpy's lieutenant and uh -huh. and, and he's like um, me. You know, Shaft. Me and you are gonna we're gonna one day we gonna we gonna you know fight. Get into you, it. You know? yeah. And he's yeah. like, you know, why don't you stop playing yourself, Willie? You ain't gonna do shit. I was just like, <laughs> like, but he underlined shit. You ain't gonna do shit. Do shit. <laughs> and the guy's like, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, you. Uh, well, while we're talking about favorite scenes, like, um, we have our, you know, our usual what the fuck moments segment if you have any moments in the film that made you go what the fuck or like any kind of quotes you really enjoyed richard roundtree's ass man i went what the fuck <laughs> that was the what the fuck moment done that's every that's every that's everybody's what the fuck moment. okay good <laughs> moving on <laughs> favorite favorite quotes what do we got for favorite quotes um i, oh, I had one that i didn't understand there was one where he's what did he say? He goes, um when he gets I guess he's at his girl's place or his house or where you know, and he's laying there reading a magazine and she runs over, she's like, What's you okay? You okay? And he goes, I got a feeling like a machine, and that's no way to feel. I was like, What is that? What? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I didn't get that one. I was like, I get it. 
I just feel like he meant like he needed some sex. Like machines don't have sex, so he I, I don't know. Or he wanted to make love. <laughs> I don't know. Well, but also I don't there's, know. There's, there's a quote that I that I liked, um, where the you know like in the scene directly after it, where uh, the cop is like, "So what you get? What you get?" And he goes, <laughs> "I got laid." <laughs> actually you know you you mentioned that now and like i thought it was the most awkward scene was when he first when the, when the guy when when the guy's partner was like where are you going chef he's like i'm uh-huh. going to get laid <laughs> he does this really weird laugh i was like <laughs> it's like oh yeah I, that shit was bugging me out i think we need to bring more of those moments back in real life it was like it was like that it was like that Kawhi Leonard laugh during that interview. I don't remember oh from God. like six years ago. <laughs> it was like ah ah. ah. <laughs> like, oh, all me. right, man, calm uh, down. Um, I, you know what? You know what I liked? I liked this the, the right in the beginning of the movie when he uh, when Shaft goes to the the newspaper vendor and he and, uh, uh-huh. and the guy tells him people were looking for him. And he's like, "What do they look like?" He's like. You know me. Everybody looks the same to me. He's blind. I thought that was a good nod to like, you know, I think what they do here, like Shaft is, he's not like, he's, he's just aware of race, right? Like even his interactions with uh, Androsi, who they seem to have a good relationship, but yeah. he keeps on like throwing out like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to tell, you know, I'm not ratting on my people, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So like they address race without making like, make without making it seem like Shaft, like, hates white people he's just protective of right. black people and i think you see that right. that was like a message throughout the film actually think that, that that's that was an important thread um that there that, that this was not an us against them it's but it's it's right. uh i i need to protect my people um which i think is right. really lovely yeah yeah so i thought that quote of like this white blind vendor saying you know everybody looks like that's how we should all everyone looks the same right <laughs> was a he good even message. did it with the um with the um mob like he was careful not to call them white guys. He called them the Italian mob. He yeah. made specific to that group. And that was yeah. very important. That's very true. That is very true. It was, and, and that was a conscious choice. Yeah. Yeah. And the only time he does say something is when the, one of the Italian mobsters says, says he's looking for the N an N word in this, in the restaurant. He's like, and he calls them the Italian word for uh, Italian person. I don't oh, want to use right. the words, but so it's, it's the only yeah. time he really retaliates. He's like, "Well, you know, if if, if I'm this, then you're that, right?" So, right, yeah, it's very measured. So that's that's that's, that's another reason why the writing is so smart. But I love that the undertone of the film is Shaft is preventing a race war, yeah. but he's not, and he's not, and he's doing it by by doing the job at hand rather than rather than um, employing race, which I think is great. All right. Yeah. yeah. And he's keeping it in the in the hood. He's not, yeah, yeah. you know, because he easily yeah. could have just said to his cop friend, "Hey, uh, this is what's going on. This is going to, you know." He could have easily brought them in. He's like, "I got it. I handle it myself." Right. So. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Do you? I I, I have some new final questions. If we're ready for them, go for yeah. it. Uh, and this is just based off some uh, some some trivia I found, but uh, I found on on IMDb they they say uh, although not the first of its kind, which we Keith already mentioned, Shaft is seen as being the definitive black exploitation movie. Um, and I think we talked about this with another film, Darren. I can't remember which one it is, but we said it didn't have to be like the first in its genre to be the best. 
Um, oh. and I think that's that's indicative of this film as well. Yeah. Um, is this the quintessential black exploitation film? I'd say. I kind of honestly, I purposely have tried not to call it that because I feel like to honor the film's real true purpose, which is not to divide the the, the people with like the characters by race and, and like this is not whites versus blacks kind of film. This is just this brother who's trying to take care of the neighborhood. So I kind of try to, I, I for me, this is an action film. This is an action drama, you know, not a black exploitation film. So I, I, I think, cause once you say black exploitation, then I feel like white people won't see this when <laughs> this totally can be seen by anybody. Right. Yeah. Well, that's a, th- there's there's a follow up question. Who coined the phrase black exploitation? Because I didn't even look that up. Uh, no, whoever made know. Dolomite. Um. <laughs> I mean, I I don't disagree. I think Dolomite might be the. So, so yeah. Well, so then then this. I don't know. I don't have a problem with the with the phrase black exploitation just because it does talk about a genre of film and and it become it has become film history, but I do think that it hampered um, filmmakers, probably even today, um, mm-hmm. because it put them about. And now, like, I say black exploitation, like I say silent films. Like, it, right. it's just... Uh, yeah, that's it, true. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's genre. But it's I understand just a genre. that I understand that at the time it was horribly restrictive for filmmakers because I mean, look at the filmmakers of Shaft. Like yeah. he didn't really do much after that. And he did Gordon Parks and he was like, and he fucking made a definitive classic. Um, and I yeah. think that he was then put in a box. And I think that that yeah. word does put the people in a box. Um, but, um, yeah. Um, so, anyway. well, I, 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 I think, yeah, I think the use of that word yeah, kind of even clouded this, the question. So um, <laughs> let me rephrase. Uh, is this a quintessential black led yeah. action film or crime film? Is this the quintessential film? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, looking I, at I, a bunch of films that followed it, that kind of copied the same. You know, Fred yeah. Williamson Recipe, movies and the, pa- the parody yeah. movies, you know, like I-, I compare this as like Austin Powers to Bond is I'm going to get you sucker to Shaft, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I-, I think so. Absolutely. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and uh, I'm, I'm not going to add this. This is just another trivia I found. It's not even a question. Um, Ron O'Neill was actually considered for this role and he was later in a year later was in Superfly. Superfly. So another black lead film yeah. um yeah so here's a, a a head shaker uh question um so another trivia i found was that mgm intended to release this film with a white lead uh michael murphy who played a detective in a, a show um wait is this is this like it's not the question isn't this is this film the same Obviously, it's not. Is this is this film any good <laughs> with a white lead? I think I think it would have been forgettable. I think that it yeah, would totally. have it might have made some some money back, um, but we wouldn't be talking about it today. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. It's just like, it's interesting. Like, what? Well, those are two things that you could be put in what the fuck moments. Releasing this film that was written as a black character um, and trying to release it as a, with a white lead. And then also, like, trying to deny Isaac Hayes the uh, acceptance as, as, a, as, the best, as the best song because he didn't write the lyrics. Right. Like, I'm just like, there's, that's very typical. Those are two very typical things. Yeah. Uh, um, but but uh, we, yeah, so. over time, we have, and I think that this movie <laughs> helps so help do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I do, like, I think it's, I think it, it, it's, it was just so refreshing to watch that the film held up as a film. Yeah. As a film. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. This is like the Black uh, Star Wars, to be in a yeah, lot of ways. Yeah. For yeah. a lot of filmmakers, this was the film that made them want to be filmmakers. Them filmmakers. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I should make this question because I don't know how quick it is. <laughs> but we'll find out. If not, I'll just list a bunch of songs. Um, so I thought this, there was a, a missed opportunity here, as good as the score is by Isaac Hayes. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the Shaft theme. I thought there was kind of a missed opportunity, maybe because of the budget, to music supervise here so uh-huh. do you do you think there's any songs from like let's say 1970 because that's the year before it was released any like 70 songs that would, would have fit into the soundtrack what's going on by marvin oh. Gaye? oh Is that 1970 so that would have been 60s i think right that, so that it would have yeah, been i mean you, you, could, you, could say, you say late 60s to 70s if that yeah, um, yeah it would have it would have been out in time. um I, I i'm gonna say it was no. actually I, released in 71 Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. I, so perfect. I think that, yes. that it's. Uh, I don't. I, I. I think that that movie is so defined by Isaac mm. Hayes' music that I can't. Yeah. Think about it any other way. I think what's going on is a great, um, a great suggestion, a great idea. But my brain, my brain, the movie felt new. That like mm. it mm. felt. Like the future, and I and I and I and I wanted, and I think that Isaac Hayes helped that helped that feel. Yeah, I can dig it. I can, <laughs> I can dig it. Uh, <laughs> I, I will say though, I, I was looking at songs from the 1970s that were like big. You got Edwin Star War, uh, Get Up. I feel like being a sex machine. James Brown, Call Me Aretha Franklin. I thought all those songs could fit into certain scenes. Oh, and also, I think I love you by the Partridge Family. Oh, oh yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's interesting. No, no, that, I don't put that in the movie. Absolutely not. Um, oh, but I, I thought there were some good songs. <laughs> During the butt scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think I think I love you. Yeah. Right. Oh. Oh man. Well, fits fits the tone completely. Um, all right. Well, how about your? What are we doing with uh, rating this film? A uh, scale from zero to ten, or one to ten. Uh, what do you rate this film? Um, nine out of nine point five. Just because I'm going to dock it for some of the Ooh. crazy, for some of the the questionable acting. But but nine out of five. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Uh, a nine point five. I mean, yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to probably give it. Um, I'd probably give it an 8.5. And the only reason why I'm giving it a point lower 
is that the only thing I wish was better in the film was just the um, editing for some of the music. Um, Cause you could kind of hear like, like if you listen to the actual soundtrack versus the, what was in the movie, it sounds a little different. And I'm sure it's obvious because they didn't have the budget for, you know, real, you know, music, like sound editing. Um, but otherwise, to me, this is like a must watch. Like Shaft, and I would also say, if you're going to watch this movie, then you have to watch Shaft from Africa too. Uh, yeah, I've never seen. I've never seen that yet. Yeah. Oh yeah, Shaft goes either. to Africa is is like Ali and Frazier. Um, yeah, I just associated with the Ali Frazier thing. So. All right. I mean, I mean, now, now I want to watch the whole series of films. I just, just want to go. I want to, I want to dive into that, that black hole. Um, yeah, I mean, we're we're all around the same thing. I just gave it a, a, a straight nine. Um, you know, yeah. there's it's not the perfect film, so you know, I'm not gonna throw a ten in there. Uh, but for for its importance, its absolute importance to yeah. the film, I agree. Um, I agree. It's 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 just amazing. It's just a great film, and I'm like you know. Can't go wrong with Isaac Hayes. Definitely one of my favorite movie themes ever. Like we talked about James Bond, like the original James Bond theme. I love. Like mm. if I'm walking down the street listening to this song, I'm fucking strutting. I'll tell you right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, awesome, um, Keith. What, 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 what's going on with you, man? What, what are you up to? Oh, what are you getting boy, into? I'm back to directing, and TV directing is going to be my focus this year. And I, I've got, um, I got some, you know, I shot a, a couple things last, last year. Uh, that's making its rounds. I'm doing, uh, I did a web series called Keith versus, and if you type in Keith, K E I T H V S dot com, um, you can see all the episodes. I'm really proud of them. That was something uh, to do during this week. They're super I, funny. I, I, I think I've seen all of them so far, unless you've released yeah, something this week. Uh, they're <laughs> really good, everybody. Yeah, Please check so it fun. out. <laughs> Thank you. That's so nice. Yeah. Um, I got meetings. I got to go to. Yep. Yep. Keith, thank you so much for Thanks, joining Keith. us again. Appreciate uh, it. On, on our lead up to our 100th episode, we definitely appreciate you being a part of that. So oh, uh, hopefully it's... we'll have you back again, man. I hope so. I hope so. All right. Take care, guys. Thanks a lot, Keith. Bye-bye. And what, uh, what you? I guess what are we, I, don't, I'm, I got my birthday show in, in February 20th, trying to book some more shows and I'm trying to do these podcasts, man. I'm, re I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I'm doing, I, I, I'm trying to put together an event for, um, end of February on the art of storytelling. Um, so far it's looking pretty good. Um, I'm working on something. Well, I think I'm going to be working on something with um, a friend of mine, Arno Colery, who um, founded the Stand Up for Passion project. Um, he, he said, I've never gotten a voicemail on LinkedIn before, but I got a voicemail from him on LinkedIn okay. last night saying, Didn't hey, he's coming to town. He wants to do something. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, um, and then podcast, podcast, podcast. I'm on, I'm, I'm on, uh, I'm going to be on the podcast. Someone's, 
um, podcasts coming up in next week. I think next week. So, are are are, are we doing a, a an event? Is that happening February? Uh, I don't it. know because you never. Well, we'll talk about it. Um, <laughs> if, if possible, we'll stay, yeah, I think stay, stay, we tuned, stay tuned, everybody. Yeah, yeah, I think it'll be because people keep poking me, so we'll see. Mm -hmm. All right. Cool. And um, and yet we keep the march on to hundred, mm -hmm. which should be fun. Our last, our last two films um, are going to be everything, everywhere, all at once, and Barbie. Uh, so I'm very excited to talk about Whoever those two. Barbie would huge be our films. Uh, would be <laughs> so. Like, I mean, it's 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 honestly it's it's culturally and a culturally impactful film. Yeah, uh, obviously it did very. It's done very well. Um, you had the whole Bar Barbieheimer thing, right? Yeah. So, it's, and, 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 it's, and it's and it's the most. On. And it's the most it's, it's a 2023 film, right? So you know we're ending with a, a very recent blockbuster. So I think it yeah. makes sense. And one that a lot of people either really love or really don't like for some unknown reason. But I feel like well, we 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 can talk about it on the podcast, but I can tell you exactly why. <laughs> I can tell yeah, you people that hate it. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Are, are are not for women? I think. <laughs> no, they're definitely not. They're never going to be on this podcast. Let's put it that way. Uh, probably not. Um, all right. Um, all right. Well, this was a this was a great one. Thanks again to Keith um, for being on the show today, and uh, looking forward to hopefully having him back on the show again in the future. Yeah, and uh, make sure you follow us for news. Uh, Trackless podcast on Instagram. Uh, Darren and I send out stuff on our channels as well so the darren jenkins and chris saunders underscore music um like us listen to us follow us share us uh streaming on spotify apple music i mean plenty of places that's right well we're everywhere so no excuse not to follow us all right until then i guess um i am darren jenkins i'm chris saunders this was the track, the track list. list. Peace, everybody. Have a great rest of the week.